Welcome to today's podcast by Preacher, as he provides sound teaching on the pure and undiluted truth of God's Word, with life application that inspires you to live a holy life pleasing to God. We pray that these teachings will inspire you to live out your faith daily with confidence, be assured of your salvation in Christ, and God's unconditional love for you. scripture reading this morning will be taken from the book of Matthew, the 25th chapter, and beginning with the 14th verse. Lord Jesus Christ is speaking, and he is saying, for it will be as when a man going on a journey calls his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received five talents went at once and traded with them and made five talents more. So also he who had two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went, dug in the ground, and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also who had two talents came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not winnow. So I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I had not wanted. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I should have received what was mine own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has will more be given and we will have abundance. But from him who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into outer darkness. Their men will weep and gnash their teeth. Lord, help us to understand this every day, what you would have us to do and to be about in our business of living. Last Sunday, I hope we concluded from the count as Luke gives it, of uh, the same scripture that I read to you this morning, that we concluded that God has given to us a talent, to you and to me. There's no human being upon the face of this earth that hasn't been given a talent. That is, you've been given a certain abilities and capabilities. Also, I hope we concluded by last Sunday uh, that we are supposed to treat with this talent, or in other words, we are supposed to develop this life that God has given to us and that he has provided for us and that uh, to take life and not to then invest it properly I hope we found out 
uh, though we do not have to do it, we understand that there will be a day of reckoning somewhere and we will surely have to give an account of how we have invested our life. Hopefully, we would have invested it in such a way that we will have no fear of either death or life. Now, beloved, it's not uh, my point this morning for us to dwell upon what is yet to come, but rather let us think in terms of what we are going to do with this day and with health and with mind and opportunity that God has given to us. How are we going to use this day in order to expand and develop this beautiful thing that God has given to us? Now if you're going to be blessed and you're going to be a blessing, it seems to me there's two or three things that we need to take some thought of. Beloved, I wish I had the words and the capability of presenting to you what I really see in this parable that is so unique and so different from the other parables that the Lord Jesus Christ told. Because the essence of life, the pleasing of God is to be found here. The expression of your soul and your personality is tied up here. And I hope that I might say something this morning to challenge your thinking and would get you to think further about your relationship with God as you express it daily. Not what you did in the past, not what you might do tomorrow, but what you will do today is the important thing. Now I think that if I were going to make the most of my life and what has been given to me, this is what I would do. I would put myself in a position to know the one that gave me life. In other words, I would put myself in a position to know the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who has given it to me. And I will start right today. I would not put off if I did not know the Christ in a personal way. I would not put it off until tomorrow or till sundown. But I would start at this moment trying to discover who the Lord Jesus Christ really is and what he can mean to me and to my life. There's a little song that we sing and learned it in Sunday school. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Now, beloved, there hasn't been anything upon the face of this earth concocted by the man to mind that is more profound and more pointed to the truth than what I've just quoted to you in that little song. Because you see, the truth of it is, I know the Lord Jesus Christ basically, and to start with, because of my studying the scriptures. Jesus loves me. The bedrock on which that rests, the foundation on which that rests, is the knowledge that comes to me through the reading and the studying of God's Word. If you would know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord, I would start with God's people. I would mix with them. I'd mingle with them. I'd listen to them. I would take some of my attitude from them and address myself to life in the way that they do. But I would not let that be all. I would study firsthand the scriptures until at last I would come to the place where I would see and understand and know the Lord Jesus Christ as a living reality. And beloved, I want to tell you that this is a living reality. It's not something that we study about, though we start there. It's not something that we read about. 
there will come a place within your life if you're faithful to your better being that you will come to the place where you will know the Lord Jesus Christ to be a living reality very effective and very much a part of your life today and I want to tell you something I discovered a long time ago which is so hard for us to believe and so hard for us to act upon and I say this in this fashion not to discredit anyone else. You know, we live in a day of the psychologists and psychiatrists. I took every course that they had to offer here at the Southern Baptist Seminary. They've got a great uh, department out there that deals with psychology and psychiatry. I took everything that they had to offer, but one course out there, well, I had the privilege of attending that graduate school. And I'm saying that to say to you this, the one that can reveal more perfectly who you are and what you are more than any other one thing or person upon the face of this earth is the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the one that can really bring the revelation of yourself to you. He knows you more perfectly than you know yourself or you ever possibly could. You will never know yourself. You will never know yourself until you know Christ, the one that shaped, formed, and fashioned you. It's an impossibility. You will understand more about yourself 15 minutes after you have met the Christ as a personal Savior and Lord than you did in all previous uh, of your living and how many years that may have been. Now, what a statement to make. Now, I make this statement not trying to discredit anyone uh, these great schools of, of thought and, and belief and help that we can get uh, when we're in trouble mentally and emotionally. You see, we will do anything today to keep from taking a good look at ourselves. I do not know any other one thing that people so dread more than stopping long enough to see who they are and what they are. We will run sun up to sun down and we'll buy everything upon the face of the earth and be involved in everything to keep from stopping long enough to discover who we really are. That's a tragedy, really. Because you see the one that you're trying to hide it from, yourself, and the God that created you, He knows you already. He knows your weak places. He knows your capable places. Because, you see, He knows you more perfectly than you know yourself. He knows how He fashioned you. And I want you to know, beloved, with that discovery will come one of the greatest transformations of life that you can ever experience. I don't care what it has been up to now. I don't think there's a Christian that I've ever talked to that met the Lord Jesus Christ as a personal Savior, but would not agree with what I've just said to you. The greatest revelation, the greatest experience that you can have within life comes when you meet Christ as a living reality and as a personal Savior and Lord. My, what it doesn't do for you and for life. You see, it's no need of you making excuses about uh, why you're not what you ought to be. And it's no need of you worrying about because you don't have this and that and the other. Come to the place where you know the one that has treated you and take it from there. Now, if you're going to be able to express your life, are you going to be able to trade with a smile on your life? Are you going to be able to live and to be happy at it? I'll tell you, beloved, you're going to have to come to the place where you're willing to face the Christ 
that loves you and was instrumental into calling you into existence. That's the only way that you'll ever come to the place where you can accept life for what it really is and make the most of the opportunities that God has given to you today. Know the giver. It is he that is able to help you to be the personality and the person that you ought to be. Now consider this. God intended for your life to be an adventure. Beloved, if I am sure of anything, I am sure of this. If I am sure of the fact that I'm standing here before you this morning and conscious of my being, I am also uh, conscious of the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ and God the Father intended for your life to be an adventure. Now, if you do not find it that way, it is because something is fouled up within your life. It was never the intention of God for it to be otherwise. Now, to be an adventure or an adventurer, I looked up that definition of a, such a person. And it says of him, it is one who engages in new and hazardous endeavors. Oh, I like that. New and hazardous endeavors. I like that. That's life. That is life. Now we have thrilled at the great people who, the great explorers. Uh, those of you who saw the uh, the film about uh, Stanley and Livingston, about this man that went into the darkest continent of Africa to find uh, this man, Dr. Livingston, that had been over there for years. That uh, always appreciated that story and a thrill to it, to going out into a country not knowing what you would find over the next hill, around the next bend of the river, whether it be something inviting or whether it be something after your very life. Uh, but oh, what courageous people. I was talking to a man the other day this past week, 80-some years of age, and I don't know how we got on the subject, but he said, you know, preacher, I was born too late. He said, I should have been born at the time this country of ours was discovered. I would like to have been one of the pioneers. And I think to me that would have been the ideal time to have lived. I would like to have been one of them. To have gone out into this vast wilderness, where no other European had ever been, and to imagine what was beyond the next hill, or around the next bend in the river, or what might come to me tomorrow. But I would know that I was in an interesting land spread out before me, the likes of which man had never seen before. Well, I can sort of relate to that man. I'm not quite sure I'd want to be back there, but, but I can appreciate his thinking and his feeling because of the experience that he would like to have had as a pioneer. Beloved, God intended for life to be that way. He didn't intend for you to be today and be fearful of what might come tomorrow or around the next bend in your river or over the next hill. He did not intend for you to quake in your boots and to lay awake at night uh, uh, hating for the sun to come up or staying awake all day and hating for sun to go down. He didn't intend for us to live that way. He intended for us to live in a creative, dynamic way, leaving what we will experience up to Him and what will He bring into our life. Trust in Him to do for us and with us what is needed for us to be able to perfect our life. You are to find a life an interesting situation. 
Well, we may have a problem grasping the point that Jesus was making to those people so many years ago. But beloved, those people who were there that day didn't have any problem. The shaft of that parable rests upon the on the worthless servant. This character who thought that he could excuse himself for not doing what he should do. Now, beloved, there's no excuse that you can possibly give upon the face of this God-given earth that's going to satisfy God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit if you come to the end of your day and you have not developed your life as God intended for you to do. Now, you can lay blame to him as this man tried to do, the master. You can say it's his fault because you were fearful, you were afraid to this, that, and the other. But you can see how pointedly Jesus spoke. Take this rascal and take from him even the one talent he has that he has not developed and give it to someone else and cast him into outer darkness where there shall be weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth, whatever that might mean. Well, it means enough that I don't want to experience it. I'll tell you that. What a tragedy it is for us to use some excuse or some individual, or some person, or some group, getting in our way of expressing and developing what God has given to us, to you as the person that you really are. There were the scribes and Pharisees that day were there. Oh, look at it for what it is. They had made the law a God. Oh, they thought they were honoring God, I suppose. I'd have to give them maybe E for effort. But they had actually made the law that God had given to them God. They had lost all sight of the living reality of a creative God. They lived to keep the law as it was. In fact, they tell us in their own right that they tried to build a fence about the law in order that it would not be changed in any manner. I suppose one of the greatest changes that has come to mankind has come to us the last 30 years. What was effective within a church 30 years ago is cold and dead today. And yet uh, it is hard for us that have reached an age at all to come to the place where we can accept change. And yet I would point out to you what these scribes and Pharisees were doing, the one talent person. They caught the message. That's the reason they killed Christ, you know. They had paralyzed religion. They had paralyzed the faith in God. They were trying to give back to God only what he had given to them and the Lord Jesus Christ heaped his greatest condemnation upon those who were trying to do such a thing. They were so blind and so blinded by their closed mind that here stood the Lord Jesus Christ the most perfect thing that the world had ever known. And they were so blind that they thought that he was evil and nailed him alive to a tree. There is no place in God's kingdom for a closed mind. There is no place in God's kingdom for those who think that no change should be had. There can be no true religion if there is no adventure in it. That's right. There's got to be adventure. There's got to be growth. There's got to be development. You take what God has given to you and, so to speak, dig a hole in the ground and try to preserve it, and you will come one day to the place where you will know that you have made the greatest mistake 
that you could ever possibly have made. Life was meant to be an adventure and an exciting situation and you can't lose. How would you like to go on a great adventure somewhere as Stanley went looking for Livingston or as the rough fellow Simon went into the Congo or wherever it was he went and was lost. They think you know that he was eaten by cannibals. How would you like to go on a great adventure something like that and be told before you go that you can't lose? There's no way. It's been signed, sealed, and delivered. The only way you could lose is by not going. If you go, you shall surely win and find what you're looking for. It will not end in failure. You will not be eaten by cannibals. You will be able to reach the mark of where you have set within your mind, your heart, and your soul. How would you like to be told that? Well, beloved, you are told that. You are told that there's no way in the Lord Jesus Christ that you can fail in life. You can't. That's an impossibility. Now, these little county seat towns around us this summer will be having what they usually have every summer. They will have a trade day or a swap day. I think there's one here real close to it. It's a nice swapping day, but it's a, it's a great occasion, a great affair. A festival type of a situation. I come from a small town background where people get together and do these types of things. I think one of the most colorful and interesting people that has been in my life when I was about 14 years of age, I can still remember him now in a very keen way, in a very loving way. He was what was known as a horse trader. That's the way he made his living. Now these people are very colorful people because of their enthusiasm for life and because of their great expectations. Now, they look at every trade as a possibility of doing something great. Now, I know that no trader has ever made something on every trade, but you'd never know to talk to them. They go out and, and trade, and they do it in such a dynamic, creative way that it is just, just an interesting situation. They're always expecting something good to come to them and a profit to be made. And if you're not careful, you deal with one of them, you'll find that you're the one who's contributing to their profit. Because I have had that to happen to me more than one time. I remember selling a car one time, and after I got it sold, and the guy looked at the car, and he was so happy with the situation, he was a trader, that if I'd had the money, I'd have bought it back from him. But this is the way these people are. Uh, it was just a delight to talk to them. I, I have a fascination for them because of their outlook on life. Isn't it a pity that we cannot see the great possibilities of your life and my life? And we can see it's the greatest thing that has happened to this world and on this earth. Evidently God thought so. He would not have called you into existence to experience this life and for you to be able to develop it and make a contribution to this world in which we live. The only way that you could possibly fail is for you to refuse to expand your life. Notice the man did not lose his talent. He did not lose his talent. The problem was he was too lazy to increase it. Now, one of the great temptations for us who feel that we only have one talent is not to expand it. We come to it like this. Well, what difference does it make? I only have one talent. What little I have to offer is meaningless. It will not have any influence, not do this, not do the other. And so we try to excuse ourselves for not being what God intended for us to be. But you know, beloved, you missed a point when you think like that. 
It's not a matter between you and me or this church or someone else. It's not a matter of what I have in relation to someone who has five talents. That's not it at all. The point of it is, it's my relationship with God that I've got to honor. I either have to do this or something good with inside of me dies. If I only have one talent and, and can't find anyone to appreciate it, well, that's too bad. But I still am called to express this talent and development that God has given to me. It doesn't really make any difference whether anyone upon the face of this earth can either appreciate it or understand it. God does, and I must deliver. I must. My life depends upon it. You can't lose. Beloved, there's an impossibility for you to lose. You have won before you get started, if you'll only stop. Now, be grateful for the opportunity that you have. Oh, beloved, let's be grateful. Have you ever heard of one say, or have you ever said it yourself, I don't mind starting at the bottom in any job, as long as I have an opportunity to expand my life. As long as I have an opportunity to move up to my capability, whatever that might mean. I don't mind starting anywhere. As long as there's an opening where I can advance according to my ability and capability. I like that. Did you know this is exactly what is tied up within, within this parable? Do you see what the Lord Jesus Christ is really saying with this parable? He's saying that God has set no ceiling for you. None. Double zero. You can go just as far as you want to go. You can start at the bottom and the sky's the limit. Whatever that might mean. There's no being hedged in. There's no being stopped by anyone. It's a matter between you and your God. And I want to tell you right now, He hasn't set a ceiling for you. He hasn't told you that this is as far as you can go. It depends upon you. How far do you want to go? What is the decision that you make within your heart and your soul? Look at it. What did He say to this man that went out and traded to make five talents and, wind, and winds up with ten talents? What did He say to this man who went out with the, with the two talents and winds up with the greater possibility? Did he say to these people who went out and, and was able to achieve in such a way, did he say to you, now you've done a good job, now you just take it easy, you've already done what I wanted you to do, now you rest and just be at ease. You know, some people within the church that come to place, they attempt to what they've done years ago in the church, and they may have. But at this moment within the church, they're dead as dead can be because they won't do a thing. Look what Jesus said. Did he tell them to be at ease and not try anything else? My gosh, he gave to them another responsibility. He said, fine, you've done a good job with the five. Now I want to see what you can do with ten. How do you like that? Here this guy comes in with only two. And as it is another place within the scripture, he doubles his. I want to see what you can do with this. Do you see what Jesus is saying? You do this and make it go and I will give you a greater responsibility in the kingdom of God. Well, beloved, whether we want it or not, that's the way God orders it. And if you are making an achievement and invest your life, you can just rest assured that the Lord Jesus Christ is going to see to it that you have another opportunity. In all probability, it's going to be a greater one for you to express your heart, your soul, in your life. I like it, don't you? Oh, what a marvelous God we have. What a marvelous God. I do not see how anyone can really look at what Jesus is saying here if they're really serious about this business of living and trying to do something creative with their life but can't look at it and say, my, what God has done. He has 
given to me life. He has given to me talents. And now he's given to me this possibility and this opportunity to go and express myself. And if I express myself the way that I ought to, he's going to see to it that I have a greater opportunity to express myself until the day he calls me to come to be with him. You know, it's no threat in this parable. Jesus didn't tell it to be a threat. He told this parable to those people who were thinking and creating to really see something fantastic and to see something beautiful about life. You have it today. You have it today. Let us be busy then using what God has given us. Let us develop it as far as we can knowing full well that this soul of ours will not only find the place of eternity with the Lord Jesus Christ, but we will be able to do great and wonderful things while we remain here upon the face of this earth. Simply because the Lord Jesus Christ has willed it that way. You do what he has called you to do. And beloved, not only will you reap a blessing from it, but I tell you that everyone comes in touch of your life. If they're what they ought to be, will be blessed simply because you are a blessing. Our Father in heaven, help us that we might be able to see this clearly this very day. For we ask it in the name of Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening. Hope you were blessed. We pray the Holy Spirit will make you a doer of His words, finishing the work He started in making you more like Christ for the transformation of this world and preparation for heaven. 